There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of June 2010. Newcomers, as always, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and bookmark all the other sites I have listed there for future use because the comm site goes down once in a while. And sometimes you'll find the sticky downloads when so many folk go in to download from the comm site at the same time. So if you've got these alternate sites, you can always get, a hopefully, a clean download. Remember, all these sites have transcripts of a lot of the shows I've given in English. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, you'll find on that site you also have all the same audios plus the addition of transcripts in other languages for print up and to pass around. While you're there, of course, look into to, uh, the items I have for sale, the books, the discs, and so on. That keeps me going because I don't take money from advertisers. Uh, the ads on the show are paid directly by advertisers to RBN uh, for this airtime and for their equipment, staff, and their bills. And we've all got lots of bills, so you've got to keep me going. Purchase the things I have for sale. There's a few things. I'd have hundreds of things out if I was doing nothing else. But uh, purchase these things that will help me trickle over, and you'll learn a lot at the same time, an awful lot, in fact, because I go into things and uh, really what really matter, the things that really, really matter in the long term, to show you how the world really is run like a big business plan. And I'm sure lots of you out there have already caught on to that by now. Other ones are still grabbing at the latest crisis, and we get crisis every month now. We're in an age of perpetual crisis, and it's all intentional as well. I mentioned before perpetual war from the military, an article that was written by an intelligence officer who said at that time we're in a state now of perpetual war to spread the American system which isn't really American at all, because America is changing all the time as well, but an American system, and the new American system across the whole world. So you have a perpetual crisis and perpetual war. War on everything, war on the climate, according to the Club of Rome, and, of course, war on humanity itself, because they claim they want to bring this world back to a pristine condition so that, the, that those who are fittest, the elite, can live in it all nice and quiet and have lots of everything. So that's really behind the big push now for sustainability and, and so-called anthropomorphic global warming, as they blame us for all this nonsense. So, as I say, keep uh, supporting me. I need your, your help. So if you want to pay personal checks from the U.S. to Canada are good. International postal money orders are good from the U.S. to Canada. You can order, also order through PayPal. Just send a separate email with your order name and address and the PayPal donation and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world, and you've got the addition of Western Union or MoneyGram, and some people just send cash. Eventually, it'll be worth nothing. So send it off right now before it's worth nothing at all. And I really mean that, too. It really is falling like crazy across Europe. European money has just drastically fallen. Even India has gained 20 points. Well, the whole of Europe, the euro, as they call it, has dropped. It's plummeted. 
But that's all in the cards too as we go into this great global future with its planned crisis, its planned outcomes, and we all uh, live in the happy plantation together, ruled by our overlords and masters, who are all professionals, mind you, and experts in everything, so they'll take care of it all for us. In fact, we'll have no thinking to do at all, apart from, according to some of the big authors that helped design this system, uh, the state will be taking care of all your problems for you and deciding what you'll do next, even what you'll work at. School to work is all part of that, of course, too. Very old agenda. And isn't it amazing that everything that happens, like 9-11, happens right on cue for 2001, the century of change. And then we get the oil spill, the massive disaster, right when they're pushing, and they were failing with uh, uh, the catastrophes for the pollution on the planet. Carbon taxes come out of this. Here we go. Back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. You know, I think it was Albert Pike said, he said, we'd never start a premature revolution. What he was talking about was the, the years of work, many, many years, sometimes 20, 30, 40 years or more, depending on the agenda or the part of the agenda, to prepare it all and to get the organizations set up and to even get the ideas into people's heads that they never had before, uh, because we are propagandized all the time, and that's what media is all for, propaganda. And all down through time, it seems, uh, since they gave us a printing press, we've had opponents for everything. So we have the, the, the pros and against uh, down through history. It's the dialectic process. And between the two of them, they managed to brainwash the masses to go along with the same system. It's rather interesting, isn't it, that uh, we've watched... Bank collapses, supposedly, that happened out the blue by professionals, mind you, the best there are, we're told, with central banks established in every country that all work together, often intermarried, in fact, a lot of the workers, and they work with the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, and these are the best that money can buy, supposedly. It depends who's getting the money, I guess, but... But when you think about it, we've had collapses. We've had two in the 20th, well, one in the 20th century. There was a massive, uh, prolonged, what they called recession. They like the R word rather than the D word when they, when they drag it out. It's still a depression in the, the latter part of the 20th century uh, in parts of Europe, including Britain. And then we have this one in the 21st century with the bubbles and all the rest of it. And then the bankers are rewarded for their flagrancy and they're agreed by the taxpayer who supposedly makes good all their losses, and we're all put into even further slavery, and you keep the same system in. And that was only the 20th and 21st centuries. In the 18th century, too, uh, three men in the U.S. pulled the same stunt for over a period of 50 years in the late in the 1800s. They got together and decided to really crash the economy, and they took over all the small businesses and little factories by themselves for peanuts and ran off with lots of old people's pensions. Uh, this, and yet the same system is still here. It's, it's, isn't that astounding? I mean, you would think, really, if you, if you did something wrong, you'd learn by it. And you say, well, we can't have that again, so we'll change it to something that works, or we'll try something that might work. 
But now it's the same system that goes on forever, isn't it? Because it's part of the control mechanism. And just like Pike said, they never start a premature revolution. So this is all part of an agenda, a worldwide agenda. Uh, they've already got the whole of Europe tied into paying off each other's debts, supposedly. Regardless of the countries that had the least debts, have to pay out the same amounts or even more to other countries to bail them out. So taxation goes, of course, with central banking. Uh, central banking allows governments and federal reserve systems or treasuries, whatever you want to call them, it's different names for the same thing in every country. Uh, your governments can borrow from them when they shouldn't be borrowing anything at all since they've got enough taxes coming in. And if they can't live within their means, why are they out there borrowing? Anyway, they borrow from these banks, these uh, reserves and so on, and then uh, they put you down as a guarantor to pay it all back. Then they hand it out to other countries because it's all to bring in internationalism and it's not for your country at all. A very old agenda, very, very old plan. You had the revolutions in the 1700s, you had... Uh, the beginnings of what they then recalled it, the communist revolution in the 1800s, with the plan to amalgamate whole areas of uh, Europe into one and amalgamate the Americas eventually, and then the Far East, the Pacific uh, coalition under the same system, under a super parliament, a world government. And they tried the pan-American movement in the late 1800s, uh, through again the friends of Cecil Rhodes and Lord Rothschild on the American side. And then they brought it back again in the early 20th century. Uh, and then it lost it for a little while after the wars and were pushing for global government under Wilson. And that's what the League of Nations was supposed to bring out at the time. They hoped everybody would be so fed up with the massive uh, slaughter. And that's what World War One was, a slaughter. Um, that they'd bring the countries to their knees and they'd give up their sovereignty and be ruled by the professionals, you know, the experts and the bankers and population control people. Well, that wasn't enough, so they had World War II, and it still wasn't enough, so they, they just keep banging along, and they says, well, it'll take up to the 21st century to bring it in. So for the last 50 years in the 20th century, they talked about the century of change, which is now the 21st century, kicked off by 9-11 to start it off, and the Twin Towers come down, on cue, of course, and they create martial law across the whole planet, followed by scare after scare, bird flu and all the rest of it, swine flu, and that never happened either, and throwing out billions and billions, then the bank collapse, and right on cue too, when they can't get that carbon bill through, bingo, you have one of the greatest oil uh, catastrophes in the Gulf of Mexico, um, it just doesn't happen that way. And you see, these guys have more luck than anybody. I, they could walk into any casino, and, and obviously they'd have to win uh, the biggest part to fit in with their agenda. You know, uh, they've got more luck than anybody I can imagine, really. And sure enough, they're tying all this in with changes to come with pollution and carbon taxes, as Obama's talking about, and everybody else is talking about to get that through because they weren't getting enough support from the public and now they're terrifying them to the extent that they'll probably say, oh, well, what can you do? And we go along with it. But, you know, we're just living through a big business plan, a long-term business plan, and the wars and everything are simply part of it. I'm not kidding about that. There's nothing happens that's not planned on a great scale. Nothing at all happens without the planning and permission 
and negotiations and, prepa- and preparation too, mind you, for it all to happen. And Roosevelt said the same thing, even in politics. If it happens in politics, it was designed that way. So nothing can happen in politics uh, out of the blue. It's designed that way, it's agreed among certain people, and it goes ahead. But during World War II, there were groups moving within the U.S. and Britain and elsewhere of high-profile people who were given the task to amalgamate the world. And they did release their books. And they traveled during World War II in military aircraft to different countries, meeting high-profile politicians and getting signed treaties and agreements and all the rest of it. A lot of it has still not been made uh, available to the public. But you can get their books, and maybe one of these nights I'll read from some of them, to show you what they were talking about then. They even decided in 1943, for instance, and one of them, they would divide up Berlin between the Soviets and the Americans and British. And that's exactly what they did. What they said was they could never allow Germany to unite for at least one full generation. And bingo, we had one full generation passes, and then down comes the wall, and uh, down comes communism, we're told. And that's it. They're all one big happy family again. And then they find themselves belonging to the EU. They're under a bigger master than ever before. Uh, so, so what isn't it that you think you're fighting a communistic, Sovietized system where a few parasites can live at the top on top of the, the wealth and, and the work and labor of all those down below who suffer and toil and sacrifice to make it all happen, uh, to end up working under the EU where uh, a few people live very well on the top of all the backs that suffer and make it happen. Uh, it's just the same system, only better because you still think you're under democracy. Even though the EU has set, has set itself in its own writings, it's not a democracy. We're in post-democratic. But it'll take us another generation for that to fade out of our minds, and they'll feed that as long as they need to use that term democracy to fight wars and, and civilize people over across the Middle East, stuff like that. And you have hundreds of organizations that were uh, put out in their embryo stage in World War II that carried on after World War II. And uh, they go on all the time. Sometimes they change their names, but it's all the same outfits, really. You know, when you look at uh, this article here, it's from an organization uh, that's been amalgamating townships into agreements and treaties, which are binding, by the way, bypassing your governments, your, your, your state governments, provincial governments, and federal governments, with the permission of them, of course, because they know what's happening. And this one is the the ICLEI primer, it's called. It says, your town and freedom threatened. This is from someone who's been watching it. And it's good, at least in the U.S., you have people who watch these things. You don't get so much of that outside. They're too busy uh, running with party politics and nonsense and sports. And this article goes back to August 2009. It says, right now in your town and neighborhood, policies are being implemented that will ultimately eliminate your freedoms and destroy your way of life. You need to know what's going on to stop this process. Many town officials are selling us out to global regional government with help from International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives, the ICLEI, also called Local Governments for Sustainability. 
ICLEI is used as one of the mechanisms to undo the political recognition of unalienable rights. And that's true. It gives more power to government agencies and even ones they privatize, which are given really federal authority. It says they use false promise, uh, premise and outright lies of anthropogenic global warming to change our way of life for the worse. It promotes Local Action 21, Local Agenda 21, and other United Nations programs. Why? Because it is a United Nations program. You've been under this since World War II. It says, why should you care? Social engineering and behavior modification are some of the true objectives being implemented under the guise of environmental and climate prevention or protection. This is accomplished by exploiting people's desire to maintain a healthy and lasting environment in the name of sustainability. And that's the key. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about some of the organizations. There's hundreds of them, hundreds and hundreds of them, non-governmental organizations that have many people within government working for them, by the way. They're allowed to affiliate with these organizations, it seems, as they sell everyone out. But it's really a big uh, agenda authorized on a, a world level by the world government, really, the ones who really run the planet. All this is going on to train us into accepting it, step by step, and generation by generation. And most folk today who are young, I think, getting all their brainwashing, don't really care or really think much about it. It seems quite natural that we go into a world government and we all start wearing green grasses, uh, skirts and so on, and be all happy, happy living in, I don't know, modern bird's nest or something like that. I don't know how their, how their new cozy habitats will be. How anyway, this article here on this organization, the ICLEI, uh, talks about, uh, and it's, it's about them actually, by someone who's watching them. And I'll give you the links, remember, at, on cuttingthroughmatrix.com at the end of the show. They talk about how they use uh, social engineering and behavior modification. It says that there's some of the true objectives being implemented under the guise of environmental and climate protection. This is accomplished by exploiting people's desire to maintain a healthy and lasting environment in the name of sustainability. Very big word that, sustainability. It means so much. It says here's an example of how ICLEI changes behavior, just like uh, another organization called Fostering Sustainable Behavior. There are lots of groups working alongside them, all under the United Nations. And they're responsible for global and regional development. And they have a slideshow here you can look and see for yourself. Policies and programs take control of a representative government and put it into the hands of regional non-elected boards. This allows elected officials to shirk their responsibilities, and it turns us into a Soviet system based on regionalism. It facilitates both communism and fascism. Well, that's exactly what uh, Carl Quigley said. He says, we, there is a group that exists. He says, I've worked with it for 20 years. He was a historian for it, actually. And Quigley said that uh, we don't care who we work with, uh, communists, fascists, dictators, as long, as long as we get them on board in the same agenda. And he was all for it. But it works through and under the United Nations programs. 
and its local Agenda 21. This agenda for the 21st century for sustainability and bringing you down to absolute poverty. As you all work happily, mind you, we're supposed to be happy uh, to serve the planet and for the future of those with better genes who live much, much better than you at the top. So they're kept in the comforts they're accustomed to. But when you go into the sites, on the site itself, they do have, uh, and this is from the, 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 this uh, organization's own site, this one here, is Education and Outreach, I-C-L-E-I, Local Governments for Sustainability, USA. They've got one in every country. It says Education and Outreach. Educating the community members about climate change. See, they bypass the common people. So you educate community leaders, you see. You're on board. Oh, I don't know. He's a backhander under the table. Yeah, I'm on board now. That's how it works. And other environmental concerns to a point where it results in behavior change. This is their own, their own website from the United Nations too, by the way. It says behavior change, and it can be challenging. Although when awareness of environmental issues is first raised, now awareness, when they say raising consciousness or raising, raising awareness, they mean they're going to focus you through propaganda to a topic yet they haven't thought of, and they're going to make sure that you come out of that understanding with understanding they give you. That's what they mean by raising consciousness, raising awareness. So when uh, raising awareness of environmental issues is raised via targeted and well-publicized efforts and well-funded, I should add, the experience gained by the local government can inform and inspire individual action, leading to substantial community-wide reductions in energy use and greenhouse gas emissions. Now, this organization is not some pithy little organization. This is a well-funded group with the ears of all your politicians, right down to your local councillors. Since campaigns that rely solely on providing information rarely have the ability to change people's behaviour. Instead, a successful outreach campaign will focus on understanding not only which actions support the behaviour you're trying to promote, but also on the specific factors that influence people to take those actions. Research has identified a set of tools, love these, these toolkits, to promote behavior change, so then you're modifying your behavior, so you'll, you'll start parroting this stuff in your conversations to your neighbors and stuff. Obtaining commitments, that means legally binding treaties. Using prompt, uh, uh, prompts, they actually use prompts like Pavlov's dogs, by the way. Utilizing social norms, designing effective communications, providing incentives, that's the backhanders to the politicians and want people who want to get any council, uh, board, uh, positions. Um, and removing external barriers. Not all tools need to be utilized in any one campaign, but note that they are most effective when used in combination with each other. Then they tell their members how to get started and how to canvas and, and get in touch with local people who have positions of power. And it's all through the school system too, they get into teaching as well. Uh, it's, it's very much like... Um, very much like what they do with Common Purpose in Britain, but it's all under the the, 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 the United Nations flag, basically. And they're into behavior, altering your behavior, which isn't hard to do because the behavior you have now was given to you uh, by the culture creation industry that works with these guys. Everything that you think you are as a person is, is, is literally, you're a composite. You're a composite of your programming and the time that you are born into and grow up in. You're a composite. Even right down to your dress and your speech and your behavior. Back with more after these messages.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, going through just a few of the organizations out of the hundreds and hundreds that work under the United Nations to bring in a, a planned society worldwide. Uh, all the same, standardized. They must standardize everything. And you can go back into their techniques for hundreds of years, in fact, back to John Dee, then Bacon, who talked about free trade and building an empire through free trade. But along with the free trade, they'd have to accept, if they wanted to trade with you, other countries would have to accept the same system as you, which they now call it democracy. They didn't have the name then back then for democracy, but they call it democracy today. And uh, standardization. And the same organizations worked very, very well for a, a long, long time bringing in what they called free trade through the British Empire. And then the League of Nations has said, well, the British Empire already is the nucleus of a, a world governmental system. So they'd build on that, but they'd, they'd put the U.S. as the, the leader from then on because they had more resources and men and ta- a tax base as well. British tax base was bust way back then. And they tried before that, too, to bring in a pan-American union before World War I, in fact. And big players, big wealthy players, and the usual suspects and Rockefellers and all the rest of it were funding a pan-American union. And at that time, too, the Milner Group that became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, when it combined with the Cecil Rhodes Society, they all worked together, of course, from the beginning, uh, we're trying to do the same thing with Europe, but with Europe they said there are so many different cultures, they need a faster way to bring it in, and voila, you have the Russian Revolution, and then later you had the Bolshevik Revolution to standardize dozens of countries under one and the same system, basically. But what, what about the Americas, though? We know about the Americas because they've written lots about it, and they set up their organizations of American states, that's the OAS, the OAS apparently started off really uh, with a treaty that was signed uh, in the U.S. in Washington in the late 1800s. And then they built uh, the building in 1910 in Washington, D.C., I think. And um, this is what it's about. It says here, a charter of the Organization of American States. And, and here's socialists writing for you. This is the bureaucrats that's going to run us all. Because they, they're incredible. They're, they must employ the most obsessive, compulsive people in the planet to do their writing for them. As amended by the Protocol of Amendment to the Charter of the Organization of American States, Protocol of Buenos Aires, signed on February 27, 1967, at the third special inter-American conference by the Protocol of Amendment to the Charter of the Organization of the American States, Protocol of Cartagena des Indias, approved on December the 5th, 1985. This is their own website, by the way, at the 14th special session of the General Assembly of the United Nations, at Harvard. By the Protocol of Amendment to the Charter of the Organization of American States, Protocol of Washington, approved on December 14, 1992, at the 16th Special Session of the General Assembly. And by the Protocol of Amendment to the Charter of the Organization of American States, Protocol of Managua, adopted on June 10, 1993, at the 19th Special Session of the General Assembly. They're very meticulous in their obsessions, aren't they? And they go through their nature and purposes, their principles and members, the fundamental rights and duties of states, 
and the Pacific settlement of disputes and collective security, that's what we're under now, integral development and so on. But uh, I'll put these links up for you to read through. It says here, though, the, cha- the Charter of the Organization of American States. In the name of their peoples, the states represented at the Ninth International Conference of American States, convinced that the historic mission of America is to offer to man a land of liberty and a favorable environment for the development of his personality and the realization of his just aspirations. Actually, remember, man is very important when they put that in a treaty. It doesn't mean you. Conscious that the mission has already inspired numerous agreements whose essential value lies in the desire of the American peoples to live together in peace and through their mutual understanding and respect for the sovereignty of each one to provide for the betterment of all independence in equality and under law. Independence, inequality, and under law. Convinced that representative democracy is an indispensable condition for the stability, peace, and development of the region. Confident in the true significance of American solidarity. Oh, solidarity. They're talking about the Americas here, folks. And good neighborliness can only mean the consolidation on this continent. Can only mean the consolidation. I'll say that again for the heart of thinking. Can only mean the consolidation on this continent. Consolidation within the framework of democratic institutions, of a system of individual liberty and social justice based on respect for the essential rights of man. And then they've gone a bit persuaded that the welfare and so on and so on is, is, is great and, and free trade is great and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but also you must help them out to uh, the redistribution of wealth, uh, written in a different fashion, of course, but that's exactly what it's saying. Well underway, and, and who are they anyway? Well, they're the guys in charge of the free trade areas of the Americas. You see, they run all this from that particular organization. So, it goes, I've got another link here for the free trade area of the Americas. I'll put that up along with it too, for those that can stand to read it. But uh, if you want to know what's happening, you've got to go through this stuff. You've got to see what's happening. Uh, the mainstream media will never touch it. Their job is not to educate you. Their job is to simply alter your behavior on behalf of these characters by little bits and bites they give out by important people, but never tell you the whys or wherefores or the real agenda. And they keep us busy with crisis after crisis after crisis, as we can see today. Perpetual crisis and perpetual war. Remember, the war is really on you. Never forget that. And your family. Now, there's, of course, Saudi Arabia is in the news too, because that's apparently cleared the airspace for Israel to bomb Iran if it wants to. I don't know if they will, because they prefer the U.S. does it for them. It it costs less money. And it says here from uh, the Times, Saudi Arabia gives Israel clear skies to attack Iranian nuclear sites, June the 12th, 2010. So they've conducted a test to stand down its air defenses in Saudi Arabia to enable Israel jets to make a bombing raid on Iran's nuclear facilities at times can reveal. Now, what do you mean they can reveal? Does that mean they've got to wait for government to okay it or what? That means they already knew it. I thought they were a free and independent newspaper. In the week that the UN Security Council imposed a new round of sanctions on Tehran, defense sources in the Gulf say that uh, Riyadh 
has agreed to allow Israel to use a narrow corridor of its airspace in the north of the country to shorten the distance for a bombing run on Iran. To ensure that Israeli bombers pass unmolested, Riyadh has carried out tests to make certain its own jets are not scrambled and missile defense systems are not activated. Once the Israelis are through, the kingdom's air defenses will return to full alert. So it makes you wonder how much of this is just hype to um, to see if Iran will just collapse in and itself. And let's be honest too, if they're going to bomb a nuclear uh, facility that's supposed to be made up there like many other countries use to create electricity for the peoples, are they going to blast all that uranium into the air? Well, if they do that, then, then America better do it and take the blame. I guess. Then they've got the related links about Israeli spies arresting Poland and different things like that in the same article here. But you're working, as I say, in one big agenda. Everything that happens is an agenda. The whole Greening project is part of the UN agenda, written long before they were called the United Nations. And you're all going to live in sustainability, which is a dire poverty. And remember what the Royal Institute for International Affairs-CFR said long ago in their charters, They'll bring in a world of servitude. Your purpose in the world will be to serve the world. Service to the world. State. And that's still the goal. And they can bring it in quite easily and convince people, once they bring in food shortages and so on, that this is the only way we can go. You understand, we can be made to believe anything. We already have. Every generation is made to believe anything the elite want. Anything. At all. Even making you think you're free at times. Because you can go from here to there unmolested. And they still think they're free in lots of countries where they've got their own versions of homeland security. With police dressed like stormtroopers at the sides of the roads. Or asking for their ID in subways. And they still think they're free. That shows you how mad we are. We're driven to the edge of madness, aren't we? If you believe that, you're free. And you're getting taxed into oblivion under a plan to literally bring all all of you down until you'll take ration cards instead and you will allow the state to guide you and you will decide if the state says you can't breed that you won't breed and you will do what the state does and if they say school to work, this is what you're going to work at, you will work at it because they combined the Soviet system with that of the West as was always the plan, by the way. And that came out in the Rees Commission. And Norman Dodd came out with it. There's a very good interview with him up on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, uh, people who are trying to upload um, the star suckers, uh, the, the worship of celebrities, up to is getting pulled off all the time. No wonder, because the second part, you see, shows you the cons behind celebrities uh, in charitable work, like Bob Geldof, for instance. And how the billions they rake in, uh, 61 billion they claimed for one of their big dues, 7 billion ended up at their target in Africa. Which led to, by the way, as people tried to get out to get to the food, a quarter, million of them, a quarter of a million of them died. And the government of Ethiopia was awfully happy because they wanted to eliminate those people anyway. It was ethnic cleansing. And there's Bob up with the G20 prattling on about borrowing more money from the World Bank and your your Prime Minister or your 
president signs on to take that loan and you give it to the third world country and you know they'll default because they're meant to and then you, the taxpayers back home, pay for it. So your government is acting like a bank and you're down as a guarantor. That's been the same con for as long as I've been alive. The banks love it. Guaranteed money. With compound interest. Not bad, eh? Now, I've gone into eugenics so many times, and people still can't believe it's real, and of course they'll never believe they're already being poisoned and sterilized. They really don't want to believe that. They want to live in denial. They want to believe in a benevolent society at the top, those who, who rule over them. It's nice to believe that those who rule over you are benevolent and altruistic and special people who come out of virgin wombs. And that's really how they are. Those are the followers in all societies that can be an awful problem to those who can think. But anyway, this is from the Daily Record. Potential criminals must be targeted before they are born, says a police chief, belonging to the World Association of Police Chiefs, by the way, the United Nations again. Uh, June the 11th, the Daily Record, children must be targeted before birth to stop them being lost to a life of crime, a police chief claimed yesterday. Dumfries and Galloway Chief Constable Patrick Shearer fears police are not acting soon enough to stop children falling into a pattern of crime and substance abuse on Scotland's poverty-stricken schemes. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're coming to the Matrix. That article was reading that potential criminals must be targeted before they are born, says police chief. Now, obviously that, that ties in with other articles I've read in the past to do with pharmacology, uh, going into the womb before the child is born, maybe even lobotomizing them, and that would be the perfect citizen for them. And this guy belongs to the Chief Police Officers of Scotland. It's an association of Chief Police Officers. They've got one for the, for the US, Canada, and every other country. And they, they have a, a, I think a site, a, their own TV station from the, the UN, in fact. So it's a, it's a worldwide thing. And they want to go into, uh, obviously abortion, if they claim that you might possibly give birth to a criminal. That's what it's about. I've read these articles, as I said before. That ties in exactly with the Prince of Wales, you know, that guy with the red nose who spends his time in the cellars of Buckingham Palace uh, sniffing a lot of wine. Uh, but uh, he's, been, he's put his foot in it so many times, it's unbelievable. He's from Prussia, really. They're all Prussian there, you know. Uh, I say that's the area. It's not really who they are, but they're Prussian. And uh, he, he says, um, the Prince of Wales has called for greater population control in the developing world. Now, Britain is just being classed along with every other country now under the IMF as a, a failed uh, th- third world state country now. That's what we are. So I guess he's also talking about the rest of us too. Uh, population control in the developed world. And uh, he, he says, um, and hailed the success of family planning services as abortion in some countries. The Prince of Wales called for population control. More needs to be done because of the monumental problems that face the environment as population numbers rocket and traditional societies become more consumerist. This is from a country that's imported about three times the amount of people they can actually handle. On purpose, of course. Now, this ties in again with another one here. And this is this great character. Uh, this article is, is by a, a, a bioethicist which is a good name today we use for eugenics and eugenicists, Jacob M. Apple. And it says, Beyond fluoride, pharmaceuticals, drinking water, and the public health. 
they go on about how wonderful that uh, fluoride was for the public. You know, how wonderful it was, even though it's, the opposite is true. We know the real effects of it and so on. But if you're a, Lud- you're a Luddite, if you believe that, they, they put up to the hilt is wonderful and so on. So they're talking about um, putting lithium in the waters of America to make us all happy. After all, we're already using fluoride. And that's how they use with everything. Is We're already doing that, so what's the problem of doing this? Remember Huxley said they would drug society, the pharma society, and uh, Julian Huxley, the first CEO of UNESCO, United Nations, um, said the same thing. They would use big pharma. So they, they say they, they use it in Japan. They've noticed in Japan it keeps them happy and work, good workers, and they don't have so many fights and so on. So they confirmed that a previous study of drinking water in Texas that found a decreased incidence of both suicide and violent crime in countries with higher than average amounts of naturally occurring lithium in the water if these protective benefits are replicated and no equally deleterious effects of such low exposure are discovered, public health authorities may soon confront the question of whether it's ethical to supplement all public water supplies with lithium. And then they go on and quote Peter Kramer. He was the frontman for Big Pharma, the psychiatrist who does more writing for them and promoting pharmacology for psychopharmacology uh, uh, than anything else. He was the guy who pushed Prozac on everyone. And he loves drugging children. He's the guy who's really, really pushing it. And he doesn't stop with lithium, folks. He wants to go a lot further than that. That's also what's going on right now and has been for a while. From Hamish, myself, and Ontario, Canada, as good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you. <laughs>